0: One, two, Freddy's talking to you. Three, four, discussing the covers he drew. Five, five six, grab your drawing sticks. Seven, eight, eight interlocking, interlocking covers are rest, great. Nine, ten, he inks in, ten. in pen.
1: Live from the Talking Joe Studios Talking Joe.
0: Talking Joe is on the air. Hey, 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 hey. hey! It's me, Mark, and welcome to Talking Joe, where today we will be talking with artist Freddie Williams II. He is an American comic book writer and artist. He first gained attention in 2005 when he began work with DC Comics on the comic series Robin and on the Eisner Award-winning series Seven Soldiers, Mr. Miracle. He has gone on to work on several crossover titles, including Batman, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Batman, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, He-Man, Thundercats, and Injustice vs. Masters of the Universe. But most importantly for us, and what we were talking today, is uh, the extensive work that he has done for IDW on the G.I. Joe comic covers, including three whopping sets of interlocking covers but i will not be talking to freddie alone as normal i am joined by a real i really want to talk joe with you it's a real
1: American american tim hello viewers and listeners and hello mark (laughs) <laughs> hello tim uh, now i've not
0: written him a song unfortunately um he'll just have to imagine it freddie or oh, we freddie make,
1: make one up right now
0: he's, yeah go on the, go
1: he's on. the crossover king drawing most of the crossovers 80s properties bashing their heads together he's freddie freddie williams the <laughs> second
2: wonderful <laughs> thank you I, I love the real american tim that's um that was a great theme song and thank you for coming up with one <laughs> For me as well, I feel a part of the group now <laughs> thank you
0: <laughs> thank you thanks for uh joining us and let 's get this out of the way before we go we start too too far um Freddie williams the second um i al- I always sort of ponder to myself uh, when I read your name in the credits the the second uh, element can can you expand on on how that cropped into to your name and your credits
2: <laughs> um let 's see so i <laughs> I am I am the second as far as my I'm named after my father. Um I never knew my father so it's a weird dynamic that whenever I was a kid because I never knew my dad somehow being named after him made me feel more connected to him or felt more interesting or something. So even as a very young kid I wrote the second at you know on my name uh even on school papers and stuff. Wow. And uh as an adult that has continued because there is you know, Scott Williams is a very popular, very prolific inker who, if you're giving cover credits, uh, you know, Williams and Williams, it would be really hard to differentiate us. so Williams the uh, Second, but then there's J. H. Williams the <laughs> Third. So <laughs> you can get a comic book that would have, you know, J. H. Williams the Third as a penciler or inker. Me as a penciler, inker as the second, and then Scott Williams as the inker. Who so you could have Williams, Williams the II, second, Williams the third on the cover credit. I'd love to see that. Um, but uh, that was so. It was originally because I felt like it made me feel special and connected to my father, who I never knew. then after that, it was just uh, to hopefully disambiguate me from the other Williams. But then it creates other problems because often I will be miscredited. Uh, I'll have I'll have I'll be Williams the third. Mm -hmm. uh on covers even though that's j.h williams uh and even in the batman ninja turtles animated movie because it made an uh an animated adaptation they misspelled my last name somehow where i'm uh, they they spelled it willems in the opening credits it says uh based on the comic book series by james tinian who's the writer and freddie willems so they mispronounced or misspelled that so anyway that's where i'm (laughs) the second I thought it would help clear things up, but it has made things more complicated. (laughs)
1: Um, I was under the impression that um, uh, a junior is named after the immediate parents. Uh, Mm. A second might skip a generation like a grandfather. Uh, And then the grandson is the second. Had you considered taking junior?
2: When I was a kid, my mom actually told me that she wanted me to be a second because she didn't want people calling me a junior. Mm. She, they didn't want that, she didn't want that to become my nickname or something. Mm-hmm. So um I don't know. So, um,
1: Roman numeral two is such a an easier to say uh nickname. It rolls off the top <laughs> Roman <laughs> numeral two. Yeah, just call me Roman <laughs> numeral two. Your dinner is getting cold. Yeah. <laughs> call me Roman two. That would
0: be my nickname. Right Ro- two. Ro- wow. two. Wow. Moto. Wow. Moto. <laughs> yeah, that's something. Um <laughs> So we're going to talk about some GI Joe covers, uh, and uh, let's let's start with something relatively fresh and new in our minds. So let's start with the the 40th anniversary special, which was you know this amazing project where we had uh, 22 pages by 22 plus different uh, artists reinterpreting the the um, silent interlude. So do you want to tell us about how you got involved in uh, in the project?
2: Yeah, when so just as some some history for that that issue. When I was in high school, the guy who's probably uh, is like my my best friend in high school, a guy named Tyrone Crockett, who I met. He helped me to he helped teach me how to draw with shapes and stuff like that. He was the best artist in our school. Um, he introduced the original version of this comic to me so it was the silent issue he was like did you know there's a comic book that has no words in it i think is how he said it and i was shocked by that and we looked at it a lot it was it was amazing to me that you could tell a story just from visuals it makes total sense now as an adult but whenever i was 15 or 14 whatever i was um i was just so used to the idea of it having dialogue that oftentimes would even describe what was happening in the scene you were looking at so it was so amazing to me that that issue really stood out and i think that it affected a lot of artists like that like wow you can just have a completely silent and just all visual storytelling still tell what's going on um, so flash ahead to last year 2021 i think it was around close getting getting close to thanksgiving uh, and thanksgiving is late november i know not everyone celebrates thanksgiving uh, but um uh, i got a, an email from one of the editors at IDW, and they asked if I would be interested in drawing one of these pages. Um, basically, there's one, there, there's a different artist on every single page, um, and I was, of course, very honored to be involved with it. I asked if we could reinterpret some of the the camera angles, and they said, as as long as it visually you can tell which page it's homaging or referencing, then feel free to to change things up. So that's how I got involved. The only angle that I really changed was the second panel. It was an it was my opinion, looking back after 30 years or whatever it is, um, you know, of sequential art or something. That the second panel of this page, although very well drawn, uh, basically the shot of Cobra Commander is so small in that second panel, and it's almost the same size as what's in the fourth panel. That um, you could I could potentially explore a more dynamic, powerful angle of Cobra Commander to make him closer to the camera and bigger. And, uh, and it would help hopefully sh- uh, improve or change the eye flow going from panel one to two to three. Um, so if you if you don't mind going back to my version of the page, um, the eye flow hopefully goes to Cobra Commander and then the angle of the perspective and the characters that are in the foreground in the bottom part of that panel, hopefully lead your eye from panel one, two, and then to three a little more clearly or easily than the original version. That was my thinking at least. Everything else, I basically stuck to almost copying directly what the previous artists had drawn. And uh, just with a little bit of, you know, I, in panel four, I I moved Cobra Commander to be facing the camera a little bit more instead of being just his, the flat on angle of his back. Um, Anyway, that's how I was involved. I I drew it in about a day and a half. It was pretty quick because I did pencils and inks. And the inking style is a very different style that I normally draw in, but it's a much more open style. So there's okay. not a bunch of there's detail, but there's not a ton of gray values and and noodling for the rendering. There's it's more like implying shapes with with uh, just black ink. So but mm-hmm. I love to draw it. So I was happy to.
1: Freddie, up until this point, you had only drawn covers for G.I. Joe and Hasbro properties when the editor approached you was your response no I'm a big shot I only do <laughs> covers I'm too important to do pages no because <laughs> no. it, it, it was a big surprise uh no, I, I, you I, gracing us uh on the insides us readers <laughs> with your presence after just covers for so long
2: no uh I, I mean I to me comic books are sequential artwork that's where I what I enjoy the most about drawing comics. I, of course, enjoy drawing covers. Um, but I mostly enjoy drawing the sequential work. Uh, what I just described about I flow and stuff, all of that is the stuff that I enjoy. That's the puzzle part of figuring out layouts or, or whatever that I enjoy. Um, and as a reader, I enjoy the intimacy that's created where the, there's a some sort of a dialogue an invisible dialogue that time travels because it's, you know, I, I 30 years ago this comic book came out and I'm still enjoying it 30 years later and there's people who have never seen it before and and they're getting to enjoy it um that you there's, there's an intimacy to it and there's like a way to trick the reader into going faster if you want them to or a way to slow them down if it's important so no I I mean and I actually have GI Joe stories that I'd like to pitch to them you know mm. to draw the full sequential thing um depending mm. on you there's like I have 100 projects in my mind, not just with G.I. Joe. I'm just <laughs> saying it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to know what you're going to be doing next because sometimes there's things that come across your desk you don't want to say no to. But I'd mm. love to draw more sequential work for them.
1: <laughs> mm. it, based on volume, it feels like uh, Batman and Ninja Turtles must be favorites of yours, having drawn 18 issues across three crossover miniseries. And then more broadly, 80s uh, properties, it's, uh, He-Man and ThunderCats and and currently I guess 90s properties uh Power Rangers and and Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Um you are staying in this very particular lane. So uh what is it about these characters and properties?
2: Oh, uh I mean they're awesome. Mm. Uh <laughs> that's, the, that's the main thing. Next, next uh, question. Yeah.
1: <laughs> they're okay. awesome.
2: Case closed. Um <laughs> I mean the, the part of it is just you know when when contracts are are figured out in this way it's like two participating really big multinational companies that that once they've agreed to do a crossover that's like the biggest hurdle and then whenever they were wanting to find an artist I think they could probably they they could have their pick of anyone and so I feel very lucky when they approach me to to get to draw one of these things so so far i've never turned anything down um the one that got away is a uh he-man ninja turtles crossover that was more of a of a combination that wasn't me i had agreed to in late 2019 i was that was what i was supposed to draw next after i finished up batman ninja turtles volume three uh, the next one was he-man ninja turtles and um it had already been greenlit and then it got put on hold and then it got greenlit again for like four days and then it got canceled right at the beginning of March, uh, 2020 when this, uh, there was a pandemic, I'm sure you've Mm. heard of that. Uh, (laughs) but, um, anyway, uh, now the publishing rights for He-Man has gone over to Dark Horse and stuff. So I'm hoping one day we can rejuvenate that, but basically I'll, you know, these types of crossovers, they're, they're touching a part of my childhood and adolescence that I'm really into. And I, I crossed over a lot of these properties myself. Um, Mm -hmm. so, I don't know. I'm, I'm just really lucky that they keep asking me to do it. I I, I really lucked into drawing Batman Age of Turtles. That was very successful uh, financially and, and just fan reaction and stuff, which I'm happy about. And then that led to, you know, every other crossover just it, so it's a momentum and I'm really lucky to be, I mean, I don't think I could have ever planned to be in this very specific narrow niche or groove, but I'm really happy to find myself here.
1: Cause you're, you're now the person who has done the most of these
2: I don't maybe I don't know <laughs> I don't know there there it's, might be statistics somewhere I'm not sure <laughs> it's on. it's on your website it's the, the, crossover, <laughs> the crossover guy, guy. <laughs> yeah that's I've heard that so many times at conventions people will come out come over and say Oh, you're at this show. Oh yeah. You're the crossover guy. Yeah. But
1: you're not, to use a movie term, you're not concerned about being typecast as if you could only do crossovers. You could only do media tie-ins from the eighties and nineties. Mm-hmm. You are not concerned about being pigeonholed.
2: Uh, I mean, there's, there's some, there's some element of that in my brain where I, I realize that that's a possibility. Um, but I don't know i guess i'll cross that bridge when we get to it i I just drew like a one shot for for dc uh for their dark crisis crossover that now i mean the uh it's a crossover inside of their company and it's a big event book and there there was like this huge fight scene and stuff so i think i'm hoping that the that the skill set that i've shown here is that i can manage a lot of different characters real big fight scenes i'm paying attention to what makes those characters cool and i'm not making some of them look uh, yeah, yeah, I just drew them on the page. It's good enough. Let's keep going. That sort of thing. So, uh, in the same way that, and I'm currently drawing some covers for Power Rangers, Ninja Turtles, Volume Two. The, the point that I'm making is that the same thing that makes, hopefully, that makes me uh, appealing to those those company o- owners or, or editors would also make me seem still appealing at DC or Marvel because I can just handle a big complex thing that's happening, some big event, or even if it's just within their characters mm-hmm. so, and the dark crisis thing, that deadline was nuts too, but, uh, that was about, um, I finished it about two weeks ago and the, the fight scene said like, there's 40, 45 villains and 28 heroes. <laughs> know it was something, some numbers like that. And you don't have to draw all of them, but draw as many as you can. <laughs> as you can. Um, and it was just endless ca- characters everywhere. So, um, maybe that's the, that maybe that's the more concerning type cast is like, draw so many characters that you die at your table, you know, like <laughs> that's what, that's what the instruction is basically. Um, I
1: maybe, this, maybe, maybe if you, um, if you get a good relationship with an editor, you can make a request for a mini series with a solo character. <laughs> can
0: that's, I, can I draw uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Nightwing. wing? Well, you started off with doing Robin, didn't you? So, um, mm-hmm.
2: and let me tell you the, the time commitment to drawing Robin, infiltrating someplace in the sewers, it's just one character in the shadows with some pipes. That time commitment is much smaller than drawing 100 characters every page per panel. Um, so there, <laughs> it's been a real growth where like the artwork <laughs> now absorbs every part of my waking time, you know, to to get it done. So I, I love it. I love drawing very complex things, but it sure does take a long time.
1: How much of your <laughs> artwork um, is on paper? is still on paper because you made you wrote a book for DC Comics mm-hmm. called the DC Comics Guide to Digitally Drawing Comics <laughs>
2: right.
1: and uh, I mean I'm, I'm sitting at a tablet right now and I'm holding my stylus I'm looking at my I'm looking at my computer monitor here and right here I'm looking at my my Wacom
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, so I am very comfortable either drawing on the computer or starting on paper scanning it and finishing in the computer so are you still using paper?
2: Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm working. Uh, there's a couple chapters in that book that I wrote um, about uh, working in a hybrid workflow, which sounds similar to what you're probably doing. Um, so I'm still using Adobe Photoshop, just like described in the book. And uh, whereas a lot of people have moved to Clip Studios or to Procreate or other programs, I'm still using Photoshop and uh, working out my layouts digitally. And then just like I describe in the book. Printing out my structure in either light gray or blue or black, depending on the type of rendering uh, that I'm that I'm working in, uh, onto my artboard. That way, the artboard is nice and fresh and it hasn't been erased over a hundred times. And then inking traditionally from there uh, after I've hopefully done a really good job on the composition and layout and that sort of thing. Um, so occasionally it works the other way where i'll start something on paper and then i'll take it into the computer and and goof around with it and then go back to paper um recently there was a back in 2020 when we were in the the early parts of the pandemic thing we were stuck in australia at a convention um we were stuck with friends in quotes stuck we were so we were there in australia for a convention then sydney australia and the us was shutting down its borders for the pandemic and um so our flights kept getting delayed so we were at this we were there for an extra week and a half and during that time it was like my my comic book project has just been cancelled i know all conventions are going to be cancelled what do i do and so i just had a bunch of paper and i just started sketching stuff just you know to it's therapeutic as you probably know uh it's, it's nice to just draw and not have a lot of thought thoughts racing through your brain but anyway one of the layouts that I drew, somebody later recently just commissioned me to finish that. So what I did was to to change some of the proportions around, like I scanned in the art, then digitally altered some of the some of the composition, then printed out a piece of paper with those changes, then re-lightboxed it onto the same piece of paper where I changed some of the proportions of the characters and then executed it traditionally the rest of the way from there. So there's I'm, I'm in, in and out digital quite often and then onto paper back and forth so um but it's usually digital composition printed out lightly onto the artboard and then executed on paper from there and then so, you yeah.
1: have an object to sell
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah but also i have i mean there's a there's a that is true and and more than half of my income comes from original art sales and stuff so it's an important uh, element to have an actual physical piece of artwork but um just from an enjoyment level working on piece of uh working on a piece of paper where there's like a more of a give and take um the texture of the paper sometimes affects how you're if working in ink wash which is what you're showing on the screen here uh sometimes working on a piece of paper the texture of the paper will change how the ink wash comes out or the angle that you have your board at and it's a way that it's within a controlled realm of possibilities but it's not exactly what i had in mind um so there's a, a random element that comes into things sometimes that can be bad like where you spill something on the paper uh (laughs) which i've done but um most of the time there's there's an enjoyable tactile interface with it and stuff so uh yeah the the paper part is fulfilling creatively and good financially as well
0: Mm -hmm. so so your gi joe your more recent gi joe covers that that would have followed that sort same sort of workflow of of kind of figuring it out digitally Mm -hmm. and 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 then then printing it and, and then sort of Doing the fine details and the, the washes and, and all the rest of yeah, it, yeah, executing that.
2: it traditionally mm-hmm. from there. So, if it's okay, I actually brought the original. So I, yeah, I have, have, have a story. Hold about it up! It. Hold it up! <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a story about how the, these uh, interlocking covers came into being. So, um, Tom Waltz, who is uh, he's one of the editors and writers at, at IDW. Uh, and I've worked with him on a whole bunch of stuff. Like he he wrote a bunch of stuff, uh, like over 100 issue of, of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and that's how I got connected with him. But a bunch of other stuff too. So this is the um, he had contacted me about doing a five part interlocking cover, and I had come up with three different layout ideas. Um, now let me make sure I, I fold this back <laughs> and so not mess anything up here, but. Uh, The reason I brought this out or I wanted to show you guys this is because a very strange thing happened as far as how I got to draw the rest of the of the covers. So um, on January 6th, 5th or 6th here in the US in 2021, something weird happened at our our uh, the the capital of the US, Mm -hmm. where some weird people like went and got inside of our capital Mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah. And you can see on all of this, there's like this the, the theme of drawing this, which I drew in late 2020, was J. J. Joe is defending the Capitol. And it's mm. got like the Senate House and the Capitol building, and it's got the monument and stuff. All of those things were like to show that they're defending the Capitol against Cobra. And then the weird people did something on January 5th and tried to get into the Capitol and it, it spooked Mattel where they felt like um we don't know if we want to put out this the comic book with these buildings because we don't know how this is gonna be it, it's just weird. It's a weird time to have those buildings on the cover. So they had asked me in early January, like right after it happened, if for the published covers, if I could draw and replace digitally, like this would be where the Senate House was, this is where the Capitol was, and then this random skyscraper, oops, down here <laughs> was put where the uh where the monument was. And so the, the the printed version of the cover doesn't have the Capitol building and the Senate house and all that stuff. It has these random, just mm-hmm. you know, typical looking buildings. And they had asked me if I could do it. And if so, I'd have to do it very quickly. And I said, uh, my reply was I'm happy to draw it and I'm not going to charge any extra, but on the condition that I can draw another five part interlocking cover wow. for you guys. And they were <laughs> <God> like, <laughs> <damn>. <laughs> and they said, okay, great. And um, so that's how I, <laughs> so it leveraged me, or I was able to leverage that into drawing. Um, so this one, I just, I just sold this original, the five-part interlocking for this. So I just got the printed comics and take these together real quick. Hopefully I can unfold these. All right. So this was the cover, this was the five-part interlocking cover that they let me draw next. And this has Serpentor, the middle Serpentor is awesome. And it's got. <laughs> kind of tiny, but It's got all of the villains, in the background, a bunch of the G.I. Mm-hmm. Joes in the foreground. And I drew this in like February of 2021, something like that. And I thought that would be the end of it. I had drawn the layout for a third. Yeah, there we go. That's the full, that's the ink wash piece, um, which uh, sold about oh, a month ago or something. So mm-hmm. physically I don't have it anymore. And then a couple of weeks later I got an email from Tom and he said, okay, we've actually pushed out the, the return of serpentor he's not going to uh-huh. be coming back in this story arc he's going to be coming out in the next story arc do you have time to do another <laughs> five-part interlocking cover and i said i sure do and <laughs> i'm happy to draw it and the other layout that i had come up with you know way back in 2020 when they asked me to do the first one i'd come up with three different layouts and these are the three layouts but so the two uh-huh. just seen and in this one which i'll, and, I'll pull out and this this
0: this the Serpentor one that's on the screen at the at yeah. the moment. Was that that was just was that just out of your your head as an interesting layout, or was it something they suggested that probably we're going to have return of Serpentor in in the book, so it'd be fun to have him at the center of centerpiece of uh, of the covers.
2: Um, it was kind of a coincidence where I had drawn the layout and I had drawn just a random or not random but an empty figure in the center where Serpentor is now and i wrote on the rough can we put serpentor here or something because that's who i pictured in my brain was like serpentor because he's so cool he's like one of the coolest villains and visually and stuff um (laughs) that i would love for it to be him but i put in the email i said it can be anyone i mean we could put any whoever whatever the big reveal is in the next arc or whatever and the alternative hmm. would be just to have Cobra commander's face or helmet where there's there is no character there. And they were like, no, actually, we are bringing back Serpentor. And I and I was like, awesome. Like, I didn't even know if he was an option or not. That's who my top choice would be. But then whenever they pushed it back or pushed it ahead, rather, where there would be another story arc in between. This was the the uh, uh, the other five part interlocking cover layout. So let me get this one. And this one is an homage to the. To the gi joe movie what's well, got the whoop, go? so it's got the, <laughs> the statue of liberty in the background <laughs> and um a bunch of the <laughs> a bunch of the same actions that happens like um as far as the the ship the cobra ship that's deploying all the pods mm-hmm. that's the same angle i basically yeah i stitched together just as much stuff although uh snake eyes in the in the animation he doesn't kick the guy, um, through the windshield. He he
1: flips him out.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Um, but visually it was, I I don't know how to convey that as as easily in a single image uh, as a collage or whatever. So, um,
1: we can be, we can be very specific, uh, what the homage is because the, the opening sequence to the animated movie from 1987 was storyboarded by Larry Houston. Mm -hmm. So he, he came up with these
2: visuals. And he did an amazing job. That is one I think that is one of, if not the best openings to mm. probably anything. It's mm-hmm. it's so strong just by itself, but it does a great job of of, you know, showing the reader or the viewer, I guess um, what the roles of the heroes and the villains are, what they stand for. The theme song is, is awesome as well. It really gets you mm-hmm. get pumped up the first time I saw this movie. So this to me is probably my primary the, the G.I. Joe, the animated movie is my primary. Uh, interaction and fan connection to what G.I. Joe is I had some of the toys one of my like an what would that be my uncle my step uncle that's what it would be my stepdad's brother um had some of the the some of the vehicle toys from one of his kids who had already grown up he was like older than me and had gone off to college and stuff so he gave me some of those around the same time as the movie that came out so I had like some of the toys and then I had the movie and the movie made such a big splash in my mind. I watched it dozens of times whenever I was 12 or 13 or whatever it was, and then whenever I got it on VHS. And then since I've been an adult, I watch it quite often as deadline fuel, like late at night, whenever you've got a long night drawing. So you just want something in the in the office going on you know, to kind of keep you company. And it's an amazing movie. And I did not know who it was that had storyboarded stuff until about uh, maybe four or five months ago where um, I think her name is Diana Davis. She's one of the, yeah. she's like a special consultant uh, for G.I. Joe and her and I were having some interactions and she, whenever I started posting this, she had shared it and tagged him. And then she let me know who had who had uh, storyboarded the opening. And so I wrote him a little fan email or fan message that just mm-hmm. said, that is so cool. It has made such a big difference, like in my psychology. And so It just, it's so well done. And also knowing that there was no, CGI, which still is very, takes a lot of skill to do CGI stuff, but it's all hand drawn, complex geometry of those little bubble pod uh, Cobra th- ships or whatever they're called. I don't know, wonderful. And this was like a little homage to that. So,
1: yeah, Toei, the animation studio in Japan, certainly had its A team on this. Uh, is that a pun
2: about the A team?
1: No, no, I. Mean, they, they, I agree I, with you. Hey,
0: wh- hold on. Was Bay Barakas an animator? <laughs> uh,
1: I, you know what, uh, Freddie? I look forward to your uh, GI Joe A Team six issue mini series. Or, since you have an affinity for GI Joe animation, I look forward to your uh, four issue Saturday Morning Adventures animated GI Joe uh, Mister T animation uh, <laughs> Cross- crossover pitch.
2: He would fit in so well. A B.A. Baracus or Mr. T would fit in very well as a G.I. Joe special ops character. Like he has that same sort of look um, where he's like a covert operative, but he, of course, stands out in the crowd, but it still works anyway. Um, And even face (laughs) disguising himself and uh, I don't know, whatever, it would work. So there was no
1: there was no problem at at IDW that this was referring to G.I. Joe animation, which is a, a different continuity than the comics you you were you were wide open for that
2: yeah i I don't remember them mentioning Mm -hmm. i don't even think they gave me any notes for this it was just like you know i I made it clear that it was i even called the rough uh animated movie homage i think is Mm -hmm. what i labeled it to help you know make it specific so we could talk about it and they were totally cool with it so yeah i mean as long as i was drawing the modern continuity versions of the characters there's a a character who I've only seen referred to as female Snake Eyes. I don't know if that's actually her name in the comics or not. But <laughs>
1: she's
2: the yeah. one who's kicking the the uh yeah. Yeah. the crimson guard there in her, the center. Her,
1: her name is Dawn Moreno. Oh, okay. All right. as, as Snake Eyes has died, she mm-hmm. has been she has taken that code name.
2: Yeah. Okay, cool. So but there was a, a while where there was an overlap where they she still looked like this and Snake Eyes was in the continuity. He just didn't have I saw like a they would go back and forth with the continuity of the visor. What's up?
1: close? So there's there's another character. So Snake Eyes died mm-hmm. uh before Dawn showed up. But there's another character who had been like a civilian in the original uh Marvel continuity. <laughs> and he was given a codename Throwdown. Mm-hmm. And then he was scarred and got Snake Eyes's memories. Right, Mark? Am I getting <laughs> this mixed up? He, was he trained- didn't get his mem- Dawn, Dawn, got has, his Dawn
0: has memories and Snake okay. and, and Sean True. got his physicality. Okay. So, and, uh, he, yeah. He's
1: been given the code name Throwdown, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a little bit like how right now, you know, there are three different Spider-Men and there, yeah. there are like two different Batman, you know, there's uh-huh. a Batman in New York and a Batman in Gotham. Um, so right now there are, there are two living Snake eyes, one. And, and it, in the storyline, the Joes just call them by their first names. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, Sean and Don. <laughs> that's great. Um, it's I'm not I'm not chuckling. I, I think it's all great. I'm I'm yeah, not chuckling too. to to make fun of it. I, I think it's great.
2: Yeah, and I um that's more information than I know about it. And usually I just get <laughs> <laughs> usually I get a um a summary outline of what a cover might be about. But for these, because I told you how we came up came uh how I came about drawing all three of the interlocking covers was not very story-specific other than the specific mention of of Serpentor, his return and stuff like that. But um, usually I just get like a one paragraph outline and then later I'll see, they'll send me a PDF of the whole book um, just so I can double check for my credits. And then if you're also, because they'll send it to every single person that's involved in the book, just to make sure that anything you're involved with, you're credited correctly, and so and also it's a final pass if anybody sees something you know obvious like a word balloon covering a face or you know just whatever it is so you have a like three days to give your final notes it's like either speak now or forever hold your peace and so those are the only two times that i really that i'm involved with either of the story elements of it so in any case that this specific character the one who i've only seen referred to as female snake eyes until this very minute that you told me <laughs> um, uh like she wasn't a part of the the cartoon so as long as i was drawing the modern versions of the characters i don't think they they didn't seem to care um
0: and so so did they give you a, a like with with dawn female snake eyes here did they give you a list of characters that they'd like to see included or or was it um, was it completely carte blanche because there's if there's a few kind of slight slightly obscure characters that that we were kind of squinting at and going ah, oh, that's is an interesting that? choice
2: yeah um <laughs> back in 2020 whenever they approached me about during the first one they gave me like a big reference dump of and they were like you know please put snake eyes and some of the I I can't remember who it was but like there was a couple characters they wanted as like main characters like bigger figures on different covers so um you wouldn't want to put like the most obscure characters as like the centralized figure at least unless it was story significant and it wasn't here so but then the rest of the reference dump was like and use some of these characters too. And so some of the more obscure characters was just because I thought they either looked cool or because I thought that they would balance out design-wise or color-wise with other things that I was doing in the same composition. So a lot of it was me just just like when I was a kid, just grabbing a toy that looked cool and then using, you know, <laughs> playing with that one. So
0: <laughs> Nice.
1: Should we, uh, Mark, I'm sure you want to ask more about the the Real American Hero covers, but I do feel like... We should at least mention the first strike covers that yeah, our Yeah, let's guest do it. Drew. Um, so... Oh, there's uh, a Batman.
0: Future Mark here. I'm interrupting to explain for the audio only listeners that on the screen I'm showing Freddy, it's a picture of his Batman black and white statue that had recently come out. And back to past Mark. I put Batman uh, in because um, I just think the black and whites are very cool. I've uh, I've got over over on that shelf over on the other side of the the room I've got a shelf full of uh, black and white Batman
2: Black and my statues. So. Yeah, this one was uh, back in 2019. DC Comics was structured very differently. There's they had like two or three restructurings since then, um, but they had a uh, uh, special collectibles or something division, and they approached me about designing a statue. I designed it, and then everything in the world happened to delay it including a pandemic right, <laughs> and right. uh, two or three restructuring so um in any case it just came out about um came out at the beginning of august but actually the ones that i've ordered have still not arrived yet like that's how far behind they are shipping and stuff so my wife kiki did get me one uh that she gave to me on our anniversary and surprised me with i don't know how she got it i didn't even i don't want to <laughs> know okay. when you when uh, you say, <laughs> when you say the-
1: When you say the ones you ordered, shouldn't Mm -hmm. DC have sent you a comp?
2: You would think so. Okay. I don't know. I, I, because at the time the special, like the statue division was supposed to do that. And since they don't have that, I think that because I've asked them about it and it's just like the email is just kind of hanging in limbo. It's very strange. It's very, I I know. I don't think there's a clear protocol. So.
1: I know that DC is good about shipping comps of mm-hmm. comic books and graphic novels. Yes, but I've always
2: gotten those. Hmm. So but this is just a different weird experience. And since it's now it's no longer them, it's now they have like everything's been outsourced or contracted through McFarlane Toys, which they do a great job. at the statue looks great. Um, but I think it is just made like a, somewhere out there. It's someone's responsibility to do it. But no one knows who's, or, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, this was. Um, and i'm not sure if do you have another slide where it shows like all of the 30 poses that i did as well because uh, I, I only I got those so. two okay there was there was a page of like kind of just slightly more detailed uh like sort of contour uh gesture drawings where i'd come up with a bunch of ideas for what a statue could be of batman and so like mm. the one that i had my heart set on was he was almost floating on a cloud of bats. There was like probably 30 bats all coming out from the bottom of his cape, like they would be dispersing into bats. And um, that was the one that me and Trevor, the one who was that my contact at DC, now he's at NECA. He does other toy designs. We're working on some other stuff together now. Um, and. Uh, he was like, this is the one I would love, but my sculptors would hate me. They would <laughs> revolt, they would revolt if okay. I made them sculpt this. Um, and and the amount of small bats that I wanted just wouldn't work, I guess, at this size. You'd have to have like a, I don't know, 18 inch tall, you know, sculpt or something. Um, so... Instead of thirty, let's go with one. (laughs) Yeah, just one. Can we just have one? Can we just have one on his hands? Almost,
1: it's almost reverted. Inverted. The bat here is floating on a cloud of Batman. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you're right.
2: I hadn't thought about
1: that. Floating on a a cloud of fingers.
2: (laughs) Just a single Um, his his middle finger.
1: So in the in the in the not real American hero Marvel continued Larry Hama continuity in the sort of the the Chuck Dixon verse or the IDW uh, continuity of G.I. Joe I I think I missed that you did a cover for the Paul Allure series which Mark Scott So sort of
0: the back end of what people guess call the, the Chuck Dixon verse before mm. all of the Transformers stuff uh, yeah happens. so, so uh, I think think this cover here issue 12 from that series was your first in on G.I. Joe is that right This was the
2: second cover I drew, but it might have been the first one that they published. There was Uh another one. I I think the first one I drew was where Cobra Commander was standing with his hands like on his hips, kind of like Superman. And there was a reflection of him as a different. different, Oh, there we go. I think that's the first one I drew. I could be wrong, um, but I think I drew this first and then the other one was second, but they might have been published in reverse order.
1: These are Mm -hmm. both. Do I see a tiny, tiny R.I.? Um, On the top left, Mark, these are, these are, Mm -hmm. these are retailer incentives.
2: Okay. Yeah. Most of the covers that I've drawn are usually retailers incentives. which for anyone who doesn't know what that is, it's usually like it, it incentivizes retailers to order at least 10 copies of the regular cover. And then they can buy one of these more rare covers. It's something like that. Sometimes it's like a one in 10 or a one in 20, or I've even seen one in 50 variants that I've been involved with where it's, you know, the they're really trying to incentivize the retailers to to buy a bunch of them so that they can get these more and more rare covers um what what struck me looking
0: at these these earlier covers uh, you know alongside some of the the more recent stuff is that the this the, 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 i don't know if this is a just a, a a style shift over time or just a, a choice as you approach different projects that, that these are sort of um you know less less of the the wash you know more of the Uh, contrasting black and white pen
2: and and ink. I think this covers a good example of me dabbling and I still do like the, the dark crisis stuff I just did for DC is all in pen and ink. So there's no gray tones. It's all in individual lines. Um, but this is a cover where I'm, I'm exploring both styles, where the reflection in blood or whatever that red liquid is below him, uh, is in (laughs) ink wash. (laughs) You can't say it's blood. It's gotta be like red oil or something. It's red Mm -hmm. kerosene. I don't know. Uh, It's jello, but the, um, the, the, style is, is like a gray tone in the reflection. And it just depends on the project. Sometimes, um, I think I'm probably most known for drawing in ink wash, but I was transitioning. Around this time, I did like a Conan eight-page short story. That was the first time I had drawn a sequential uh, story in ink an wash style. And that was for Dark Horse back then when they had the publishing rights to Conan. Uh, and I think this was probably the same year, maybe 2013 or 2014, something like that, I think. Do you have
1: those First Strike covers, Mark?
0: Yeah, I'm just getting to them. Next, ah, so... The, so yeah. the, <laughs> It's uh, it's a crossover.
1: <laughs> it's yeah, a big so, one. <laughs> so after, so viewers, listeners, after the the big revolution crossover, which was all of the Hasbro properties, uh, there was a there was a smaller crossover that was more focused on GI Joe and Transformers. Uh, although there, there's Matt Tracker and Rom mm-hmm. and uh, Freddie, you did the the regular covers. You did the A covers mm. for these. Um, yeah
2: and this was I I came up with so originally it was called insurrection I don't the series was called insurrection and then they changed it to first strike um and I'm not sure I had labeled all of my pages insurrection like all of my files were named incorrectly uh, eventually um because insurrection was the original title and they were like you know we we would love it if you could draw the interiors as well because I was just coming I don't I know that this was in between there was something where i had a couple of like a month or two months in between i think uh batman ninja turtles and he thundercats i think um where so maybe in 2016 ish it, uh, it's all kind of run together but um that they were like we you know we would love for you to draw the whole thing but would you be cool drawing covers and i was like definitely so this uh my my relationship with idw has has evolved where i've gotten to know more and more of the editors and stuff there and i really like working on The types of properties that they have and drawing yeah rom the space knight mask transformers and gi joe that actually would have been a crossover i would have loved to draw on if you know if i had more time and and whatever but um oh sorry i just accidentally adjusted my desk so so my camera (laughs) might have jumped up and down sorry about that
0: i was wondering- I was wondering is that an animal a child coming to the
2: room <laughs> no i i was i tend to fiddle whenever i'm I'm talking and stuff so I was fiddling with the switch and I accidentally activated it <laughs> sorry
0: excellent does that mean that uh, that you sometimes have a standing desk and you' uh yeah, this Very is good, this uh, is the
2: standing good. desk I'm just not currently standing, but I can raise it up to a standing height. um, I think what it's really good at is if you've been you know I tend to hunch for a little while and then I'll really raise it up, so I'm sitting up really like where my posture is like the inverted idea of of uh hunching where it's mm. <laughs> torquing yeah. myself mm-hmm. um and then I'll stand for a little bit, and just adjusting it throughout the day so that I'm not hopefully giving myself repetitive i don't know like. Like over time, you can give yourself too bad a posture or hurt your knees or something, so giving it some variety so
0: yeah, bad back is the is the enemy of the artist isn't it so um mm-hmm. that sounds sounds yeah, it sounds like absolutely the right thing to be doing, so uh you think was it a set of am i term remembering four six uh for first five five well, <laughs> I was, on, on average, I was right.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> right if you average out my answers i was correct <laughs> yeah there was some large cosmic bear in there i don't know there was a whole bunch of characters it was it seemed like a pretty wild uh crossover so
0: <laughs> yeah and i guess is is the sort of the marching order for these covers right these these are the guys to uh to include on on this particular cover or or did did you get a chance to see like a a script and, and try and fo- capture a moment
2: or I drew these all at the same time within the same week or maybe week and a half or something like that. And they just gave me an idea of what was happening in the series. And um, in comics, there's something that I call. So there's story specific covers. That's one way to go. And sometimes editors will, will request that. Then other times there's something that's called iconic covers, which mm-hmm. are they are they're more just timeless or they're not specifically attached to any story events in that issue um usually you want to like you know you wouldn't want to draw optimus prime on the cover unless he actually appears in the issue but for the most part it's just kind of not connected to the storyline um it just stands on its own and off all, all of these so six six issues um all of these were more of the iconic i just knew the types of characters they were going to have and then i came up with maybe like 15 rough layout ideas and then emailed those to the editors, and then they picked out six from those to use as these covers. It was something like that, and then I drew them all in the same cluster of, of work. short order, mm.
0: and I bet you made some uh, uh, UK Action Force fans happy with having a Baron Iron Blood there on that on a cover.
2: Doesn't <laughs> happen too frequently. <laughs> <laughs> hey optimus prime is really big on that cover just somehow he he got hit with <laughs> he's, one massive. Of his fabs. he's he got gigantic in that one <laughs> he's monolithically huge uh
0: and and then uh after, after first strike you came back to the gi joe uh brand with the uh with the pool alloy. um i don't know what we would call what we call the discontinuity is it um what do they call the what do they call it in the trade tim the
1: trade paper What is it? World on fire? Something on fire? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think that's it's right. where Cobra has actually successfully taken over, and yeah. now GI Joe is like a resistance movement.
1: I was lazily going to call it the of verse.
2: I think that's probably better than what I easier to describe at least. Um, I I have it in my files as Bobby's. G.I. Joe, and then the other ones were regular series. So Bobby was Bobby Kurnow or Kurno. He was the editor for T for Ninja Turtles, but he also edited this series. Um, and he because he's the one who approached me about drawing these covers. So that's how I got connected with these. It was like different versions of them. So all the mm-hmm. characters did not look like the regular series or the ones that I was used to, you know, drawing. So and here's another mix of the pen and ink and the ink wash stuff um, as far as the stylistically. So um when it's colored it kind of kind of balances out or kind of yeah, meshes yeah, together yeah. but as far as the original artwork there's a hopefully clear distinction between the you know the background elements of of hacking which is an ink wash and then the more actiony figure is more all pen and ink mm. work yeah popping in uh yeah in the cleaner style yeah so there's nothing bad in this code, but I created all the code in the background. All right. So there's nothing bad. There are hidden messages, though. That it's stuff like um, like where it says Cobra and then server security. And then I think I made like weird like hashtag. Yeah. Instead of an H and then so it's like that says the word hack H A C K. Yeah. And there's just a whole bunch of stuff like that in the background where there's names and words. Um, that's actually code from the IDW GI Joe website, though. I copied the <laughs> HTML code and, <laughs> and then stuck a bunch of other stuff in there too to make it uh, not identical to their code. But that's where I got the code from, Ooh. and then I just dressed it up with other stuff.
0: Oh, no, so this this is this is like all of it coming together. The the washes the. Uh, the the the, the, the cleaner ink style and then the digital on digital. on top so yes, it's the whole
2: package it's everything <laughs> all stuck together yeah it's elite hack hacking you know as you can tell by all the code
0: yeah absolutely uh, and I think you actually got to do a cover that was never actually used because they they cancelled the book before they got to to use it this one with uh, Cobra Commander mm-hmm. uh, with his fist in fist in air yeah.
2: yeah he's supposed to be giving a very compelling speech, like some historical figure, you know, Mm -hmm. Hitler, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, this one was in 2020, for the National Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. um, And it was a very fast turnaround. Uh, Luckily, it wasn't that complex of a drawing, but I did a couple layouts and they needed it. It's like they approached me on like a Thursday evening needed it by the following Monday or something. And it was um, I did pencils, inks, and colors. Most of the other stuff you've seen has been other people coloring it, usually Jeremy Colwell. Okay, okay. Um, and with this, it was um do this as lickety split, cancel whatever you got over the weekend and just you know get to it immediately. So
1: um was this issue connected to issue seven of the Paul Allure uh series, which got a lot of attention and went to a uh second printing. It's the cover where Scarlett is leaning forward and she's holding she's holding someone's hand like she's in a like she's in a hospital like helping comforting someone.
2: Uh, I'm not I sure. I I know I, it was roadblock describing his PTSD and thoughts of suicide from okay. what he's seen as a you know as a soldier. But okay. I'm not sure actually what the cover looks like. It probably is though. But and I do know that it it this was like an ad that they put and they also printed them as a bunch of posters. But I'm not sure where the posters went. I don't know who they handed them out to. But Um, Because this would have been during the pandemic, so I don't think it was like I don't think it was some big meet and greet. Maybe they like mailed them out to uh, VAs or something, VA hospitals or something.
1: We we hope that as uh, GI Joe makes a transition to a new uh, publisher, that you will uh, 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 make yourself uh, known to the powers that be there uh, (laughs) as someone who might want to. Contributes to GI Joe at a new
2: publisher. Friendly. Yeah. Do you know who they are going to? I mean, I'm asking you because I actually don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: So the the reported uh, rumor is that it's going to Skybound, but that's not being okay. officially confirmed anywhere. So so whether that happens and, and whether and when that might be announced, we don't know. But um, but that's that's where the, that's where the the internet rumor mongering is pointing at the, okay. the moment. So when and- uh, when. IDW finishes at the end of the year, that there'll be a, a new home uh, shortly after that. Should find out soon, I think. What were you going to say,
2: Tim?
1: Oh, I was going to say, uh, uh, you, there are no surprises, right? You don't have like a, a stealth variant cover for issue 300 for IDW that IDW hasn't solicited yet. You have contributed your final image of G.I. Joe. To, to my IDW. knowledge,
2: yeah. I <laughs> So... IDW has also gone through several rounds of restructuring. The last couple of years have been very weird for comic books. But um, and at the time, whenever I was working, drawing all these, these were mainly for Tom Waltz, the editor Uh, at the time, he he had been put into a position as a senior editor. And I think he's still a senior editor, but I don't know if he's still over these. And then after I drew all these and I found out that there was like on the rumor mill that that um, Transformers and G.I. Joe were not going to be at IDW anymore. I had reached out and said, I don't know what the last issue is going to be, but I'd love to draw some variant covers. And there was like, I've followed up a few rounds of that and nothing's come of it. So I'm not sure why that is, but I know that there's different editors in those positions and maybe they just have other artists lined up or maybe they're not a fan of my art. Who knows? I, I think I think they
1: ran out of time. I think, I think planning for issue 300 just needed to happen. And uh, as I, I own a comic book store and we mm-hmm. are... We are about to place our orders for issue three hundred. So I have you know, I have seen on an order form, and then we, as fans who have access to the internet, have seen the the regular and the variant
2: covers, uh, yeah, sort of what's what? Um
1: but uh, you know, I'm hoping that that uh, that unpublished issue twelve cover for the Allure voice, verse, if that were just to show up as a pinup at the end of three hundred, it's like, hey, here's a, wins a second cover <laughs> that we didn't get to publish.
2: I'd be fine with that, oh, cool. yeah. yeah I, I would love for that to see print. um. And you know, whenever like because I was contracted by by IDW by Bobby, the the editor specifically to draw that among like five or six other of the the Bobby, (laughs) the Bobby verse or the Allura verse. um, (laughs) That um, you know, once I I finish them, eventually it's kind of up to them on how they would use it later on. And if they, I would love for it to see print. I still get a real big thrill out of seeing. You know comic books or posters or whatever that have my art statue or whatever that have my artwork connected to it i'm still very excited for that um and because there's usually a few months in between whenever i create it to when it's actually sees some sort of physical manifestation it's there's like a just enough time for me to kind of forget that i drew it and then i see it and i'm like oh that's awesome i, I love that i it's like it gets me excited again if i drew it and immediately it was published i'd probably just be like eh whatever because my brain is just saturated with it already but um it's nice to have a little bit of break there but yeah i'd love to see that in print somewhere some point
0: (laughs) but before we go where can people find you and buy your stuff Freddie?
2: yeah um freddyart.com is the main hub where i have a bunch of artwork and sketchbooks and all this stuff and there's a ton of stuff there that's pretty good resolution to if you just want to look through it it doesn't cost anything to look through it and then of course there's stuff there for sale Uh, but there's also um I'm Freddie art on almost all of my social media. So Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, I'm pretty sure I'm Freddie art or Freddie Williams, but that's the main, main place. Um, I have a pretty, I pr- have a pretty active social media interaction. So I post quite often on Twitter and Facebook and, and uh, Instagram. So, and um, also I just want to say, thank you guys very much for having me on and thanks for being no, Thank you for taking well. the time. Yeah. Thank you. So it's fun chatting with you guys about it and if any of you i'm sure i mean the type of audience that you have probably have already seen the the animated movie but if you haven't seen it recently rewatch <laughs> it it still holds up it's really strong um uh you know oh oh i wanted to ask this is like the, the worst time to probably ask this is there in fact footage of globulus getting stabbed in the eye with that time turner worm with the spike on it i swear but this might be a Mandela effect thing. I, I think- swear I saw that once where it actually entered his eye, where Falcon has grabbed it and basically hit Golobulus over his own shoulder. Cause he's being choked out. I swear I've seen it before, but I cannot find the actual impact of it inserting into his mm. eye. But I thought I saw. I'm it.
0: sure i yeah, I'm sure pe- I've heard people discuss this before we, and, and thinking it might be have, a Nelson we have Mandela. To, we'd have fact- to track that, down
1: yeah. a, a film print, which, okay. which is almost impossible. Okay. On on home video, I'm I'm certain the answer is no.
2: Okay. All right. Well, that's the only way I've ever seen it was on home video. So I I really uh anyway. All right, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the search continues. I'll, I'll eventually hopefully find it one day. I don't
0: know. So with that eye gouging bombshell, show, uh <laughs> we will leave it there. Thank you, Freddie. Right. Uh, thank guys. you, Freddie. Thank you, Tim. And uh that is us done. But remember that.
1: Nobody Beats Talking Joe, an international podcast!